You are listening to a message from Victory Alabang. Get the latest updates by visiting victoryalabang.org or like us on facebook.com slash victoryalabang. We are right now in the second installment of our Selfless series and our goal at the end of the series is for our people to have a better understanding of what marriage and relationships are and how we would, can capitalize on our relationships in order for us to represent God wherever we are. We want to be missional and to have uh, probably a, a, a deeper understanding on how we can uh, allow this relationship that we have with our spouses, our friends, to really make an impact uh, with the people around us. And at the end of the day, I know that a lot of people are anticipating mostly, uh, really uh, a lot of people outside probably of this church or outside of this gathering, that marriages uh, might not possibly work. Because uh, left and right, we see that uh, marriages do fail. But at the end of the day, we have a secret. And we will talk about it, why uh, we have all the reason to believe for a, a better marriage. And this is why a lot of people at times are surprised why uh, marriages work, why people are still... Uh, would go out of their way to really stick their neck out in order for them to really serve their spouses. There is a reason why they're doing such thing. This is why I'm thankful that we have this uh, topic and this series to give us a better perspective that at the end of the day, we have the reason to thrive in all of our relationships. We have the reason to rise above the occasion that we can love our spouses, though we know that they are uh, not perfect and we are not perfect as well, that we can express unconditional love because there is a motivation. There is something that keeps us going, and that is uh, our understanding of God's love. And based on our discussion last week, that indeed we can imitate Christ's sacrificial and selfless love because we know that indeed in Ephesians chapter uh, 1 verse 5, it's written right here that He predestined us for adoption to Himself as sons through Jesus Christ according to the purpose of His will. The reason why we can imitate God because God gave us a reason. We cannot imitate God. We don't have what it takes to imitate God. In fact, we cannot imitate the nature and, and, and really the, the character of God. We don't have the, the ability to do so. And the reason why the word imitate was used here, because this is something that you do, that you want to replicate somebody that you're fascinated with. Do you understand? Just like what I mentioned about a week ago, if you have uh, been starstruck and you happen to encounter somebody who's famous, you can't help but replicate who the person is. And in the same manner, we just can't help but replicate God because we're amazed with the character and the nature of God that He adopted uh, us to Himself. And I can't even understand what gives Him the reason because there is no reason at all for God to take you in. Do you understand? No reason at all, but God took us in, and that is something that amazes me. Thus, I can imitate God because of what He did for you and me. This is why it says right here, therefore be imitators of God. This was our topic last week, that we can imitate God because God adopted us to Himself, us beloved children, and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave Himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God. This is why we can say, I can be selfless because Christ has shown Himself with His sacrifices and what He did and what He has done for you and me. Therefore, I can do what Christ has done. I can be selfless and I know once in a while I'm selfish and I just can't at times prevent myself from being selfish. But every time you are reminded of what Christ did, you can say, now I can be selfless. This is why our topic this year, uh, and, and we did talk about this about three weeks ago, that we want to know God. Because at the end of the day, the more you get to know God, the more that you act like God. You are not God. Let me qualify that. You are not God, and you are far from being God, but you can imitate His ways. 
Because the more you are exposed to God, the more that you replicate who He is. This is why more than anything else, we're not teaching you to be good, to be nice, okay? To act the way that we want you to be. Because we cannot program anyone here. We can't tell you what to do. But if you know God, your what? Your ways will follow. Do you understand? So therefore, the antidote, if you want to really address certain sins and issues in your life, is that you need to get to know God. And the more you know God, the more that you replicate His ways. But a lot of people okay, are still struggling with selfishness. And, and this is one of the things that, that I've been asking myself. Why there are certain things as well in my life that I'm struggling with? Why? Because there is something that we have missed, something that we have overlooked. And I will tell you a story, okay, five minutes from now, why at times we struggle with things. Why we're having a hard time breaking free from our sinful patterns. Why are we like this? Because there is something that we have overlooked. But before we talk about Okay, the story that I have received roughly about three years ago that I went back to just probably share to you the story is uh, something that might probably give you a good perspective uh, of, of what I'm trying to convey. So let me read right here in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 22 to 32. Are you ready? Ephesians chapter 5, verse 22 to 32. Let me read right here. Wives and husbands. And I know some of you here, you might have some minimal violent reaction, but hang on, okay? This is not, okay, what I'm demanding from you. I will give you the reason why you'll do this. I will not tell you to do this. Do you understand? Let me just clear the air. Because some of us, we really hate people telling us to do something that we, 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 we don't want to indulge ourselves in. In the same manner, I mean, people have been asking me to do something and I just don't have what it takes to do something until I came to have a clear understanding why I'm doing what I'm doing. So let me read right here, verse 22. Wives, submit to your own... Some of you are having a hard time. It's okay. <laughs> own husbands, as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church. His body and is himself its savior. Verse 24, now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, so that he might present the church to himself in splendor without spot or wrinkle or any such thing, that she might be holy and without blemish. In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, just as Christ does the church. Because we are members of his body. Therefore, a man shall live his father and mother, including his... What? Father and mother, including his mother-in-law. And hold fast... What, what's wrong with you? Okay, what's wrong? Okay. And hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is profound. And I'm saying that it refers to Christ and the church. However, let each of you love his wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. Can we just take this moment right now to just bow our heads and close our eyes? Heavenly Father, thank you for this opportunity that we can just once again gather and just celebrate your goodness and your faithfulness. 
Lord, thank you for this week. You've been so good and you've been so faithful to all of us. And today, as we hear your word, I pray right now that you will cause us, Lord God, to do what we need to do because we're motivated, Lord God, by your love. Lord, I pray that each and every person will not just look at whatever is written in Ephesians 5 as a requirement, but this is a delight for us because we know the reason why we're doing what we're doing. I pray that you inspire and give us strength and the ability, Lord God, to do whatever you have commanded because we know that more than doing what we're doing, Lord God, that we are motivated by your sacrificial, unconditional, and selfless love for your church. We give you all the glory for what you've done and what you're going to do in this gathering. In Jesus' mighty name, amen and amen. Paul was writing a letter, and he's giving an, an analogy concerning how Christ went about uh, uh, loving the church. And, and we're going to talk about husband and wife, because this is the second week, and we'll talk about marriage. And I want you to understand there is nothing that is higher than, than having a relationship with your husband and your wife. Because this is the most intimate of all relationships. Do you understand? How many of you here are still single? Okay, good, thank you. Some of you here are struggling, you don't know who you are. Just raise your hand and pretend that you do understand my question. How many married people are in this room? You're married, married, and you're happy. Okay, dalawa lang. Okay, married, and you're happy. Good, good, thank you very much. And again, at the end of the day, uh, it's the hardest thing that I have gotten myself into. Uh, I mean, it's easy to pastor a church. It's easy to, to counsel people. It's easy to work. It's easy to, to be a father. It's easy to, to be an employee. But the hardest of all is to be a husband. I don't know why. <laughs> so help me God. <laughs> no, no, no. Uh, it, it's hard. And, and the reason why I am saying it's hard because you, you cannot unlock the secret to a great marriage, to a perfect marriage. And of course, you can't have a perfect marriage. But I realized one of the things that, that really caught my attention is that you can't have really a great problem in awesome marriage. But one thing for sure, if you do understand the secret, you will have a what? A glorious marriage. It's written right here in Ephesians chapter 5. Let me go back to the same passage. Therefore a man shall live his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. The reason why you can live a family, your own family, or the family of your wife, and live your mother-in-law. No, yes, okay. And by the way, this is just a disclaimer. I love my mother-in-law. Do you understand? Because she'll be listening to this podcast, so this is one way for me to convey my love for her. Uh, and, and the reason why uh, you can live, not because this is a requirement, and this is what we have missed. A lot of us, we're doing things because it's written in God's Word. We're doing things because somebody asked us to do such thing. We're doing things because pastor told me so. You can do probably what is written in the Bible for about a week, but the following week, you don't have enough strength to carry out what is commanded because you're doing it for someone. You're doing it because it's a requirement. Ladies and gentlemen, we're not doing things out of a requirement because we are a product of God's grace. It is the grace of God that causes us to do things, and it is exciting to do things, not according to our strength, but, but according to the grace that God has placed upon our lives. Yes. Come on now. This is why the command is to leave. This is what? A mystery. And this mystery is profound. Say the word profound. You can't understand this. But because you have submitted to Christ, that Christ has adopted you into His family. Now you can understand something that you have missed before. That's the reason why a lot of people are fighting for what? A great marriage. Amen. How many of you here, you want to have a great marriage? And you're not married. <laughs> no, no, no. You're, you're, you want to have, okay, you want to have a great marriage. And, and if you're single, I want you to prepare. I want you to use this as a reference. 
I'm telling you right now, if single, if you're single and you're 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 getting married someday, amen. amen. Some of you are still discouraged, okay? <laughs> Hashtag Quentong Jollibee, okay? At the end of the day, I need to understand, okay, that we are moving in the grace of God. We cannot do this. And at times, because it's commanded in the Bible, we put an emphasis on the command, then the reason why, why you're doing what you're doing. So the Word of God states that you live your what? Your mother and your father. Why? This mystery is profound. And the reason why at times a lot of people are, are, are asking me with, with a lot of questions. Do I have to submit to my husband? Do I have to lead my wife? Do I have to do this and that? You're missing the point. You know why you're asking that question? Because you have overlooked the mystery of marriage. There is something that you have missed in all of this. That's the reason why you're for the do's and don'ts. When you don't understand the principle of why you're doing what you're doing, you always would lean towards what? The do's and don'ts. Do I need to submit? Do I need to follow? Do I need to do this and that? These are important. But I will give you right now the motivation why you're doing it. And some of us, we're doing things and we don't know the reason why we're doing it. Because somebody told me so. You need to have a reason. So that when you are discouraged, you're down and out, you can go back to your reason and remind yourself the reason why I'm doing this, because this reason. There is something that we have missed. And I want to tell you a story, just like what I mentioned about three years ago. I happened to encounter this story. This is a true story from Quentung Jollibee. No, 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 this is not, this is different. The story is about Nick Sitzman. Nick is strong, okay? who worked on a, a train yard. Nick had everything, a strong body, a wife, and two children, and many friends. However, Nick had one problem. He was a notorious warrior. Did I say it right? He worried about everything and usually feared the worst. One summer day, the train crew were informed that they could quit an hour early Okay, and be back home. Accidentally, Nick was locked in a refrigerator boxcar. Okay, a walk-in freezer in Tagalog. Kahong nagiyelo. I mean, I don't know if that's 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 okay. The exact translation. And the rest of workmen left the site. Nick panicked. He banged and shouted, "Help!" Until his fists were bloody and his voice was hoarse. No one. Heard him. I can't get out. I'll freeze to death, he thought. Wanting to let his wife and family know exactly what happened to him. Nick found a knife and began to etch words on the wooden floor. He wrote, it's so cold. My body is getting numb. If I could just go to sleep, this may be my last words. The next morning, the crew slid open the heavy doors of the boxcar and found Nick dead. An autopsy revealed that everything or all the physical sign of his body indicated that he had frozen to death. Because he was inside the walk-in freezer. And yet, this unit was broken. It was unplugged and broken. And it indicated that the temperature is 50 degrees. Nick had been killed with inaccurate information. He missed something 
and he missed that the freezer is not working and he died. A true story of somebody who doesn't have all the information and the reason why at times in life, the reason why we miss a lot of things and that has causes our marriages and our relationships, even our finances, because there is something that you have missed. And in the same manner, the reason why your relationship with your wife and, and your husband is not working because you have missed something. I'm not against people that are having a hard time in their marriages because all of us, we go through a season of struggle. But at the end of the day, the reason why you're responding in that situation, okay, or you're struggling in that situation because you have missed something in what God is telling us through His Word. And the Word of God states that in order for you to succeed in this relationship or any form of relationship, if you're a single mom or you're not married, you can learn a lot from this. And the reason why God is using husband and wife because this is the most intimate of all. But this message will apply into all of our relationships. Therefore, it's certain right here, a man shall live his father and mother and hold fast to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This mystery is profound. And you know, the secret to a successful marriage is written in God's Word. It's in the same passage, the same chapter. It says right here, and I'm saying that the secret refers to Christ and how He went about loving the church. That's the secret. So if you want to succeed in your relationship with your spouse, with the people that, that, that you love, with the people that you cherish, the way to go about this, in order for you to replicate that, you have to keep on looking to, to what? To God, to Christ. How many of you here, you've tried copying something? You've tried, okay, sketching something? And in order for you to copy, okay, an image, you have to constantly look back and forth. Do you understand? In order for you to accurately replicate whatever you want to copy, you have to do it over and over again. You have to look at it and you have to be sensitive with all the details. Why? Because you want to replicate the whole thing. In the same manner, if you want to have a great marriage, if you want to know the secret of a great marriage, is that you constantly look to what Christ did to the church. Amen. Come on now. So all of you here that are married and soon to be married, I want you to understand you don't have a reason for failed marriages because your marriage will succeed. Amen. Because you will constantly look to Christ of how Christ went about loving the church. And I'm telling you right now, it's hard to love you. Look at the person on your right. That person looks angelic, but it's hard to love that person. Try living with a person. It's hard. And I hope that it's easy because you're beautiful. Loving you. That's, but it's not. So if you're here right now, you're simply saying that I don't need God in my marriage because my goal is to just be good to my spouse. That she is the source of my hope, my aspirations. You're getting it all wrong. Jollibee will not tell you this story. I'm just kidding. Let's talk about McDonald's, okay? At the end of the day, people will always enter into a relationship because I want to get from that person. That there are certain things in my life that's lacking and you're the only one who can feel it. I'm telling you right now. If two insecure individuals who decide to tie the knot, the byproduct of that is so simple. Two insecure individuals together is the closest thing to hell. Why? You don't have what it takes 
to feel a broken person because you're also broken. What you need is a running, thriving relationship with God. That's the reason why if God is nowhere to be found in your marriage, I want you, and I'm not prophesying, I want you to, to prepare yourself because that relationship will not work. It will not fly. You need God in that relationship. Because the secret of great marriage is what Christ has done to His church. And how many of you here are thankful that if you look at the Word of God, Christ did it sacrificially and selflessly. So if you are to ask me, uh, uh, do I love my wife? Am I a great husband? I don't know what to say. But my job is to constantly be exposed to Christ. Of how He went about Loving somebody who's unlovable, it's easy to love somebody who's lovable. But to love you, I'm telling you right now. How many of you here at times you hate yourself? Galit ka nga sa sarili mo? Gusto mong tanggapin ka ng ibang tao? Why? Because you know your, 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 your flaws. You know your limitations. That's the reason why I would really at times, I would react to, to individuals. There are times I can't prevent myself from, from reacting. When, when people are, are, are just enjoying their, the, that, that first three months of their relationship. <laughs> well, that's good. But you don't know what you're getting yourself into. You want to bring out the worst in you? Try being in a relationship. You want to expose your heart? Try getting married. You think you're nice, good? I'm telling you, you're not. Am I correct, married people in the house? <laughs> yes. But I want to tell you, all of you in this room, I'm proud for those people who opted to tie the knot. It's not easy. But you did not give up. Yeah. Come on now. Can we give them a hand? <clears throat> Why? Because when you understand how Christ went out loving the church and caring for the church and did everything for the church, you can help it. God, thank you for loving me. Now I can love because you have first loved me. In chapter 2 of the same book, Ephesians, it's written right here, and you were dead in the trespasses and sins. We're dead. In which you once walked following the course of this world. Now imagine right now, I'm not here to condemn anyone. You used to smoke. You, you used to, to walk in immorality. You used to curse. You used to live that kind of life. And I'm telling you right now, we don't have what it takes to be loved by God. There is no reason that you can name under the sun that God would use as a basis for loving His people. There is more liability in loving you than gain. How many of you here? Let's face it. It's, it's, it's really amazing to, to fall in love, but you would always assess the person. Do you understand? first price, akin bonus lang to consolation. I mean, you need to and, and you would always assess the other party. If you are in a good deal, do you understand? And because there are days that you don't feel like that the deal was amazing, you want to take it against the person, but God did not. Look at our relationship with him in that manner. Ito may, may tindig, medyo wala nga lang buhok, but pwedeng mahalin yung. And God is not like that. 
if you look at the scripture, man, this organization is getting bigger, my friend. Okay? And if you take a closer look, following the course of this world, following the prince of the power of the air. The kingdom of darkness. You're part of that kingdom. The spirit that is now at work in the sons of disobedience, among whom we all once live in the passions of our flesh. How many of you can relate with this passage? That you, lo- you used to live in the world. That you have, and you will always go out of your way to be rebellious and to do what is not right and pleasing before God. Carrying out the desires of the body and the mind, and we're nature children of wrath. We're preparing ourselves for the wrath of God. Like the rest of mankind. But God, I've been using this passage for three weeks, I think. Being rich in mercy because of the great love with which He loved us, even when we were dead in our trespasses, made us alive together with Christ. By grace you have been saved and raised us up with Him and seated us with Him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. The whole passage is telling us that you used to be, used to be dead. You resurrected with Christ. And you did not only live, but Christ put you in a pedestal of glory. That takes a lot of miracle. That's how He went about loving you. Now, if you can't fathom that, and if you don't understand that, in the onset, you will not. But as you grow in your understanding of God, I just don't want you to know these things. But I want you to experience it. Because the more that you are exposed to these things, the more that you can what? You can give love. Because you have the right kind of love. You cannot give what you don't have. We can do now what we have experienced. And we can do what we can do. Because we have experienced this love that Christ has lavished upon His people. Let me go back to that passage. Wives, submit to your own husbands. This is not easy. Look at your husband. It's a miracle. I'm telling you right now. To submit to that person. Because you have all the reasons not to submit to that guy. Or to that person. I mean, you can close your eyes and try to do it, but... Lord, ala, pastor, hindi mo alam eh. <laughs> hindi lang to unggoy. <laughs> I'm not talking about people and men in this room, okay? Outside of this gathering. These men are awesome. Do you understand? They're next to God. Do you understand? But that's, that's not the point. Wives, submit to your own husbands. That's not where the emphasis is. You know where the emphasis is? Ask to the Lord. I mean, when you're thinking twice, will I submit? Lord, can you just, can you just bring him to heaven? Do you understand? <laughs> you can't, but look at what Christ did. Christ agreed with the Father in the Garden of Gethsemane. Not my will, but your will, your will be done, Father. My question with you right now, was that a decision of somebody who's inferior, inferior than the Father? Remember, okay, in the Trinity, there's, there's nothing that's inferior. It doesn't mean that Christ was submitting to the Father, that the Father is superior than the Son. They're God, right? They're part of the Godhead. Do you understand? So submission is not what? Something that you do to look inferior. And that is what the world is teaching us. You have to show your husband that you're stronger than him. That's, that's, that's not what the Bible is telling us. 
Because when, when Jesus Christ was submitting to what? To His Father, it was not from the posture of inferiority. For the husband is the head of the wife, even as Christ is the head of the church, His body as Himself, its Savior. Now as the church submits to Christ, so also wives should submit in everything to their husbands. Say the word everything. No, it's not easy. I do understand. But again, we don't look at the person. We look to God for strength. That's the reason why you don't follow this because it is a requirement. Do you understand? You don't tell your wife, Sabi ni pastore, that you need to submit to me. I mean, if you are a leader and you know the Bible, you would never use the, the scripture to twist, okay? And, and, and twist and, 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 and distort the scripture in order for you. When I say twist, you're, 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 you're trying to use the passage in order for you to really manipulate the situation that your wife should submit to you. We're doing this because we're doing it because of, of, of our understanding of how Christ went about loving the church. We're using Christ's model. Do you understand? So therefore, we must submit and lead in Christ. Husbands, love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word. At the end of the day, the emphasis is not husbands love your wives. This is not a requirement again. Telling you, you don't have a choice. You have to follow this. No, the emphasis is as Christ. Love the church. This is your motivation. The reason why you can love your wife, though there are days that she's not lovable. The reason why you can, because Christ loved us. Though not just there are days, though every day we are unlovable. And gave himself up for her. That God did not only express his love, but he sacrificed himself to tell us, if this is the highest payment I can give to tell you how much I love you, I will do so. Because I want you to know, I will give you something and I will sacrifice something that you don't deserve. So if you are in a relationship and you are reciprocating to your partner because she deserves it, you're not getting it right. You have to find opportunities. Say the word opportunity. You have to find ways where the person doesn't deserve your forgiveness, your love, and your sacrifice. And you capitalize on that opportunity. That you will always look for opportunities where the person doesn't deserve it and you choose to love the person. You choose to sacrifice because that is what Christ did to us. So that is why we can sacrifice in Christ. If you can't relate, just like what I mentioned, that you're not married, you're single, or you're a single mom, or, or you're, you're an empty nester, or you don't have kids living with you, you cannot outgrow this. Every single day, go back. Because if you don't have a husband, you don't have a wife, there are people that you cannot love. How many of you here, there are individuals that we interact and we face and we encounter every single day that are purely unlovable? Now think of that person. And while thinking, hang yourself. Do you understand? Because there are people in my life, I can love everybody, but not this person. That's the same thing. God has a similar reason. He can live 
his father. But you, that's another story. But he opted not to wait for you to, to be at his level. His love went down to be at our level. Marriage is loving an imperfect person unconditionally. Jesus Christ has loved us. This is why if you're in a relationship and you're looking for somebody to fill the void in your life, the brokenness that you have been suffering from for the past few years of your existence, without the intervention of Christ, most of the relationships you will get yourself into will fail. Because there is no one who can fix you other than the person who has created you. That's the reason why. If you do understand, I don't know if you're familiar with the Centrum commercial before, gusto ko maging complete. That's, there is nothing who can complete you. There is nothing who can fill the gap. Only when we surrender and say, God, fix me. Before I indulge myself in a relationship. Because if you combine two broken people so that they can benefit from each other, they will always end up destroying each other because they cannot be selfless. They will always be selfish. That if I text you, you text me back. Even if I don't text you, just text me back. That is what a selfish person is. You're always thinking of yourself. And that's an ingredient to a what? A, a relationship, a marriage that will fail. Because you're so consumed with one another. Remember, marriage wasn't meant for just the two of you. And I will explain further why. Because God created your relationship so that you can be a blessing to the people around you. A relationship is always for people who are not part of that relationship. Yes, there is a moment where you enjoy one another, but I want you to understand Christ came and saved and, and, and reconciled himself to the church and has sacrificed for the church, not because we can enjoy and, and just gather and, and have our holy huddle and gather in this kind of gathering in order for us to enjoy Christ. The reason why we're enjoying Christ because we want the world to enjoy him as well. The reason why we want to grow in a relationship with God and, and we want to grow in our understanding of who God because we want the world to be exposed to who Christ is. I wish my brother can experience what I've experienced. I wish my mom can experience what I've experienced. I hope the world can experience what we have experienced in Christ. There is a purpose why you are in that relationship, why you're, you're married, why you are in a boyfriend and girlfriend relationship, not to consume yourself with one another. But it's not about you guys. That's the greatest deception of the enemy, that it's about you. I've seen people left and right where they've been living the life that it's all about them. But they're missing the point. The reason why it's all about you, and the reason why you're selfish, because you don't have Christ in your heart. It is impossible for us to be selfish when we understand Christ's selfless sacrifice. We can help but be selfless and imitate what Christ has done. In the same way husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. This is again a reminder. Husbands, do this. He who loves his wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it. The emphasis is what? Jesus Christ does the church. 
You can, you can look at this as a requirement. Again, do I have to leave my wife? She doesn't want to follow me. Can you just follow me? <laughs> Why should I follow you? I mean, because you're so consumed with who submits and who leads. Look back. If you discuss this and you talk about this, I'm telling you right now, husbands, you know you will. You will fail. Do you understand? Have you tried being in an uh, argument with your wife? Man, even if you're right, you're always wrong. I've, I'm telling you right now. Come on now. Can we give the glory for that? The truth will set you free. And I'm kidding, but I'm telling you right now. Because no argument can fix the situation. You know why? Because I want you to understand this. If you're married and you feel like and you find satisfaction in winning... Even though you win, you're, you will always lose. Because the two has become one. Even though you feel that you have won the, the argument, the conversation, you're still a loser. Why? If the other party loses, you lose because you're one. So there are a lot of things that you, will, you, you, you feel like we need to discuss in order to prove each other who's wrong by the end of the day. When you're right and he's wrong or she's wrong, you're all wrong. Walang nananalo. That's your feeling. You feel like you're winning. Because you're one. Hindi pwedeng panalo yung kalahati ng katawan ko. Talo yung kalahati. Panalo, panalo, panalo. I mean, you cannot do that. Talo ka eh. I mean, you cannot. Sorry for the imagination. I don't know why. What's happening with me? It's probably my psychological problem, but at the end of the day, we can do this because we have an accurate reference, and that is what Christ did to the church. Thus, we can sustain and serve in Christ. You cannot do this, but because of what Christ has validated in His Word, that you're not doing this alone. You're not doing a command because you need to do so. You have Christ who gives you the power, the ability, the strength, the doability. Lord, kakayanin ka ba to? And as a wife, you ask God to give you the grace. Lord, lulunukin ko to ah. I will submit. And as a husband, you don't feel that you're superior because your wife is submitting to you. You feel delighted. The Lord, I will be cautious of my leadership because you did not twist my arm, so I will come to you. The goodness of God brought us into repentance. Naging mabuting Panginoon ang ating Panginoon. He did not coerce us, twist our arm, send a lightning from heaven, but it was His goodness. And I hope, husbands, that we lead the way Christ led the church. Can we give Him the glory? So if you're leading your wife, and it feels so good that you're leading somebody, when it comes to finances, when it comes to certain decisions, when it comes to buying that car, that house, it feels so good to be the leader. But are you a leader when it comes to saying sorry? We want to lead when it comes to the perks of life. When it comes to saying thank you, when it comes to reading the Bible, when it comes to doing the things 
that pleases God? Are you the leader? Because at the end of the day, you are a leader not just when things are okay, but you're leading the way and you're not running from that responsibility. You know what attracted me to Christ? Not because He is good. I love that. Not because He's He's a good and faithful God. Not because of His graciousness. You know what caught my attention? Was a man hanging on the cross who did not run from His responsibility. A lot of men, they look tough. But I want to challenge you. If you're tough, can you hang yourself on the cross for somebody who doesn't love you? That's, that's what a real man is. That's the standard. And no man can ever replicate what Christ did. He's not a baby holding a planet. I'm, I'm sorry. I mean, why? What's wrong with that? You understand? With a curly hair? Because rebonding wasn't available then. Do you understand? But I want you to know one thing. I'm, I'm amazed with this guy. He's tough, he's strong. I mean, he can withstand all the lashes left and right. That's the guy I want to follow. That's the leader I want to I, I, I I pursue. I mean, what you see in UFC, people are hurting and bones are breaking. That's nothing with what Christ did on the cross. And he did it without butting an eyelash for you and me. I mean, at the back of my mind, I would imagine while he's hanging and people are hitting him left and right. And at the back of his mind, you want me to quit? Come on, bring it on. I will not give up. So men, women, husbands, wives, you don't have the right to give up on that marriage. This Christ did not give up. Do you understand this? Can we give him the glory for that? Come on now. Because love seeks the highest good of the one you love. It is not always for your own benefit, but for the benefit of the one that you love. You know, just this is why I hate my wife in a positive way. Because she would always go out of her way to serve me. I cannot compensate, should I say? I can't do what she's doing. I mean, on my way here, my keynote slides are are, are edited. I, I mean, my do you understand this? This is not me standing here. I have a partner who does all of this to me. I mean, I'm not stressed today because my wife would isolate the kids and be with them so I can concentrate preparing myself. The past two weeks, I've, I've been looking out and glancing in my in what I'm about to deliver and what I'm about to say upstage, and my wife would talk to me, honey, I'm praying for you. I mean, I don't have to think of my clothes. I mean, our vacation 10 months from now are well mapped out and plotted. Her desire is for me to succeed and, and be good at whatever I'm doing. It doesn't happen overnight. The first year, bahala ka sa buhay mo. But when we learn to take a closer look at what Christ did, now we want to outserve one another. And that's why I'm thankful that she has God in her life because she's doing what her doing to me, and I am a recipient of her goodness because of the goodness of God in her life. 
So why pray that your husband would have a relationship with God? Because that's the only thing that can alter and change the whole scenario in your relationship. That's the reason why when she gives me a criticism, I don't feel that it's, it's, it's an attack on my personality. It's an attack on me. It is because she does it with respect. She's cautious, framing her words. I would tell her, just be blunt with me. But I don't usually do that. Because she will be blunt. Do you understand? <laughs> but at the end of the day, this is why I can say that the secret to great marriage, the great relationship, to showing a love to the people that loves you, is no other than how Christ went about loving the church. Marriage is a lifelong journey of learning to love like Christ. You have to understand that marriage is about a flawed person living next to a flawed person in a fallen world, but with a faithful God. Ladies and gentlemen, all of us are flawed. But one thing that sets us apart is the faithfulness of our God. No matter what will happen, we know that we can't have a perfect marriage, but we have a sovereign God. We know we can't have a perfect marriage, but we can have a glorious mar- marriage because of what Christ has done. And because of this relationship that we have with our spouses and with the people that we love, be reminded that a transformation in your marriage And what God is bringing into your marriage has a purpose. We can only understand the purpose and the mission. Why are we enjoying this relationship? Because we want people to understand what we're doing is not easy. The world expects us to walk away from each other. Do you understand? The first two years of my marriage, I don't fight every day. Every night I do. Because it's about me. Because we don't understand that people are expecting us to part ways. But we choose to stick our neck out so that the watching world can be intrigued. That though people are walking away from each other, there is something about this couple that I want to take a closer look and know and uncover. And because your relationship is thriving, people will be intrigued. And the reason why people are coming to know God, because your marriage has become attractional. If marriage is about your spouse and your husband and your wife, you're getting it all wrong. The reason why you want to replicate what Christ has done to the church and how Christ went about sacrificially loving the church because you want the watching world to testify it's possible for that marriage to last for the next 50 years. This is my 11th year. I'm cautious with what I'm watching because not because I'm afraid of my wife. I'm afraid, but my point is, <laughs> because I want to protect the relationship. I'm not doing this because it's part of the rule. Because we have gone so far. We have progressed so far. We have enjoyed our relationship. 
Because the more we do this, the more that we ask God to intervene and be part of our, of our marriage and our relationship, the more the watching world will testify that indeed this is a miracle. And the reason why people would want to give Christ a chance, a chance in their lives because they can't even fathom how can this marriage work. I just can't start a single day without asking God to show me how He loves me so I can love my wife. That should be our prayer. You cannot love your husband without asking God to uncover His love for you. You can only love your partner and the people around you when you understand Christ's love for you. This is why the nature of man in the book of Genesis is written right here that it was task of man to them that they need to be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. There was a commission. There was a mission. There was a purpose. It wasn't just for them to really fall in love with one another. God is simply saying, you're in love, now subdue the earth. The problem is that man sinned against God. You know where man sinned against God? In the Garden of Eden. It's written right here. But God said, you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree that is in the midst of the garden. Neither shall you touch it lest you die. But the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. Surely die. Will you die? Not really. Will you live? Not really. If you don't know God's word, ladies and gentlemen... If you're not reading the Bible, this is one part positively, okay, that I at times don't, and I don't like about my wife. She, she wakes up early than I to read her Bible. I'm the leader. I should be first. Do you understand this? I'm challenged. Because I'm a man. I mean, I just, I just can't understand that Jollibee commercial, the vow. I'm sorry for, man, why can't you do something? But probably the guy doesn't understand his gender. My point is, at the end of the day, this is why sin came into the world. And sin destroyed the identity of men and women. That they were given by God as partners to subdue the earth. To do something for Him. So why would man at times compare themselves with inferior and superior? No, it's not about inferiority of who rules, but they should understand their roles. Do you understand this? It's not about who's better. If you are in a basketball team, you need the rest of the team, right? Steph Curry is a great basketball player, but all by himself he can't win a championship ring or win a single game he needs everybody you have to respect the position so it doesn't mean as a woman you're submitting that you're less than your husband no that's the given position that god has given you why for the two of you to win there's a reason why my wife would always uh, uh, remind me it's us in the world and we got that from a song uh, but my point is it's not from the bible okay we're not that religious but it's always us. It's always we. In our marriage, there is no I and mine. It's always us and we. Because your marriage will be tested. And I hope that person beside you, your wife and your husband, is your greatest ally. So I do pray that before you go out of this room, 
that the Lord will speak into your heart that you will tell your spouse that we are in this together. No matter what will happen, we will not give up. Because this is what Christ did. For because of one man's sin, Adam, death reigned through the one man. Much more will those who receive the abundance of grace. How many of you here, you have received the abundance of grace? The grace of God. Amen. Come on now. And the free gift of righteousness reign in life through one man, Jesus Christ. This is my man. That one man failed. One man came. And he fixed everything. This is why we can say that a Christian marriage is countercultural. And some of you here probably are surprised why I thought of this. Because we what do things that is contrary to what the world knows, to what the world does. Why? The secret, not because we want to be different. Because what Christ did was totally different. That we want to imitate Him. That if the world tells you to give up, we press forward. When that world tells you to shrink back, we move closer than before. When the world tells you to quit, we will not. Because the God that we serve and the God who died for all of us did not quit, did not give up, did not surrender. He pressed forward and went to the cross. Save all of us and prove us wrong that we are indeed lovable. Ladies and gentlemen, we can only love when we understand the way Christ loved us. Can we bow our heads and close our eyes? Heavenly Father, thank you for this opportunity that you've given each and every one of us that we can now experience your love because of how you went you went out of your way in loving the church so Lord I pray that this relationship that we have with the people that we love with our partners with our spouses it would be what will cause people to question themselves do I have what it takes to have a great marriage do I love my partner? They will ask the question, how can, I, how can I rise above the expectations of the world that this marriage will not work? Where it's possible that this relationship will work. And people will be intrigued of how we go about our marriages. So if you're married, I want to pray for you. If you're married, I want you to stand on your feet right now. I want to bless you. If you're married, stand on your feet right now. Lord, thank you. You know what? Can we give them a hand, all of these people? Even though you're not with your husband or your wife, I want to give you once again a round of applause. Can we give them once again a round of applause? Can you look up here for a while? Remain standing. Remain standing. It's not easy, right? I mean, it's not easy. Let's face it. I mean... How I wish it's just a walk in the park. I mean, I hope I can press a button so that everything will just work properly. But you know what? Amidst what happened in the past, I want to ask God for His grace that the Lord will give you a fresh start. That you will not be reminded, though I know it's impossible, but the Lord will just give you the grace to forget the past so that you can move forward and start 
all over again. That as we end this week and start another week, the Lord will give you the grace. If you're with your spouse, I want you to hold that, uh, her or his hand. Can you just do that? If you are with, with her. Lord, I pray right now. Can we just stretch our hands and pray for these people? Lord, thank you for the husbands and the wives in this room. That some of them are, are in the first leg of their marriage. Some of them, Lord God, they're, they've been married for 10, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60 years. But Lord, I thank you. That your grace is sufficient. For your power is made perfect in weakness. I pray for your strength. That you will remind all of them, oh God, that the way to loving this person beside us or our husbands and wives, Father, is how you went about loving your church. Thank you that this marriage, this relationship will be glorious in Jesus' name. Thank you that they will not walk away from each other. They will press forward. They will not give up. Thank you, Jesus, for the grace that you provided this afternoon. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen. If you're single, can we, can we stand on our feet right now? All of us across the room, let's stand on our feet. Lord, thank you for giving us, Lord God, a message. All of us, can we stand? All of us. Come on now. So if you're with somebody who's not married, your time will come. Your time will come. And while you're single, don't be consumed looking for the right one. Let God make you the right one. Lord, thank you for your grace that you will prepare all of our hearts that we will appreciate what you're doing momentarily in us, for us, and through us. Thank you for your grace and for your faithfulness. The Lord bless you and keep you. Can you raise your hands? The Lord make His face shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord grant you the grace to use Him as a reference of how you can sacrificially selflessly and conditionally love your wife and your husband in Jesus mighty name amen and amen <laughs>